Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode four of season two of the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast. I am Millie Murillo, and I'm here with my co host Ashley today, ready to talk about some pretty cool stuff. How are you doing today, Ashley? I'm good. And I was thinking, you know, Lindsay gave us a note that we should probably tell people what we do again, just in case it's a first time listener. That's <laughs> so, true. yeah, yeah, that's such a good point. I'll just say <laughs> that. I'm a psycho-spiritual therapist and intuitive medium, and I teach classes in spiritual mediumship. So just kind of for anyone knowing where we're coming from, and Millie. I'm Millie. I am an astrologer and spiritual coach. I teach astrology. I mentor astrologers. I also do one-on-one coaching and group coaching as well. Yeah, good point. You know, our listeners who have been with us for some time, like since, you know, since last season or very first season, they've said such nice things about when they listen to our podcast that it feels like a really nice little community. And so it's important to remember that, of course, new people can come in. Yeah. And I always forget, I just assume I know them and they know me and we're old friends. (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. So did you want to touch on what you said? Oh, yeah. I was just thinking, I did want to just kind of support or remind people. I imagine that anyone who is listening to the podcast is on some sort of healing journey in the middle of some form of personal transformation. And um, I just, I had a big breakthrough with my therapist this morning and it feels like every time I have a big breakthrough, I'm like, really, I just didn't know there was this much left. And so what I was kind of just wanting to comment on was that sometimes it can feel like healing is a whole nother job that we don't get paid for. <laughs> After this breakthrough, I thought, oh my God, I now have to go to work and I'm exhausted. <laughs> and I was just wondering if you ever feel like that. Oh my God. Yes. It's, you know, I, I remember my very first astrology teacher was the one person that pointed that out, that when we're on this journey, we don't give ourselves enough credit for then, you know, going to work and doing life and adulting. And for some, you know, for some people like you, your parents and all of the things. So yeah, absolutely. I totally know what you mean. Yeah, it's a lot. And uh, it was a great reminder of how important it is to be gentle and rest. I used to have therapy and then I'd have clients right after. And I see my clients talking about how they have something right after. And I would just really encourage anybody who does go to therapy or has a coach or does any sort of healing modality, give yourself some time after a session to integrate, to process, to take a nap, to eat some food, to nourish your body because it takes it takes energy to do this. Your body is working overtime to process trauma or anything else. So it's no joke, but also it's a really beautiful thing if you can have the stamina to do it and just keep going. But in those hard moments, what I really wanted to say is in those hard moments, Remember, you are in a process of healing and that it is happening. Yeah, yeah. It's so real. It's so real. The toll that it can take and how much energy it actually takes. So Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you for that reminder. That's always, always a good reminder. Yeah, that's what I thought. So we can talk about spirit guides now. (laughs) So today uh, we want to talk about ways that spirit guides let us know that they are there with us. This was inspired by one of the questions that one of you submitted on our Instagram page. And you asked, what do angel numbers mean? And so perhaps that's a good one to start with, at least for me, 
what I've noticed is that I've always had, and I think we all have actually, we all have some kind of connection with the universe, with our guides, that even when we're not aware of that connection or those those quote unquote signs, right? There, there is a connection. There is some guidance there that's there for us that that we follow in some way, shape, or form. So I'll start with with angel numbers. So for those of you who don't know what angel numbers are, angel numbers are numbers that are repetitive. They they have a, a particular sequence. And so usually the most popular, I guess, or the ones that people see the most are 1111 or 222, 333, 1234. And so I remember reading at some point that when we see those numbers, and the reason that they're called angel numbers is that those are our guides or our angels communicating a message to us through numbers because numbers don't distinguish language. Our guides, our angels don't speak a specific language. So the way that they can communicate with our human mind is through numbers. Now, I see a lot of angel numbers and I think that I go through my phases where I'll see more of them than not. Here's what I'll say about that. And maybe this is the Capricorn in me. Maybe this is the very practical, rational me. I think it's important to pay attention what meaning we're putting into something, right? I think that there are synchronicities. I don't necessarily believe in coincidences, but I think that we have to be very mindful of what we're thinking about, of what conversations we're having, of what intentions we've set of what questions we've asked spirit so that when we see those numbers, we understand what our guides are, you know, actually trying to communicate. That it isn't just like a haphazard thing. I think that, I think intention matters and intention matters a lot. So I have noticed that when I set in my intention for the day or I ask a question and I see angel numbers, what intuitively comes up with that angel number, whether it's just wait a little longer or move in this direction, whatever it is, I let seeing the number sit within me and see what comes up for me intuitively with that message. Mm -hmm. Now, I feel that even that takes practice. That's not something that I always fell back on. I used to look at angel numbers, you know, and think like, oh, well then, you know, the guy that I'm thinking about is also thinking about me. And who knows, maybe that was true. But my point is, is that there wasn't an intention. It was, it was something just that was happening by chance. And I don't think that things happen by chance. So I'm really curious to see what you think of it. I like what you're saying, because I think sometimes our egos want to project so much meaning on right. something the difference between the soul and the ego. So if you're asking a soulful question and your numbers come up, you can feel it in your heart. I get one, I get ones a lot. And like, I got it today after my breakthrough. And I just felt like it was like, yeah, right on. You know, I could just feel it in my heart. Like I wasn't alone. But when we're asking an egoic question, you know, and that's a tough like differential. Yeah. Should I do this? Should I take this class? Should I jump on this path? You know, but are we choosing that from a soul or an ego base? Should I be in this relationship? Is that a soul question or is that an ego trying to fit a square peg in a round hole? Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. What is the feeling 
versus are we overthinking it? That takes time to get to know. And that's part of like doing intuitive work or meditation. And I don't even mean like we've talked about sitting meditation where you have to be still, but going for long walks and dropping into your heart. It's a very heartfelt feeling when it's an intuitive hit. So I really noticed over the past couple of years, the more I was working intuitively, the angel numbers were coming and they would come on days. I felt like I needed a cheerleader in the back. Um, Also, one of my husband's best friends died. I think it was last year or the year before, and his favorite number was 111. And man, my box fills up with ones on certain days. And I just know it's him. You know, I just feel him. So I think what we're talking about is practicing. And that was one of the things I was going to talk about spirit guides is it's so different than when you connect to someone on the other side, because usually either the person you're reading for or you know your loved one, you have evidence based on who it is. When it comes to spirit guides, most of the time you've never met them. They've never communicated with you. That's that intuitive language that you're trying to get to know. So that's part of that intuitive work. And that's part of that soulful heart communication and getting still and getting quiet and not connecting them. You can't connect with them through the mind. If you want to know what spirit guides are around you, a great way is to get quiet, go for a walk, sit and ask, you know, who's with me. You, you might also notice that, okay, my first spirit guide that I was aware of came to me through my medicine cards. When I was pregnant with my son, I drew a blue heron and I drew the blue heron throughout my pregnancy. And then the blue heron started coming to me over and over again, but only, and I think it's a male energy. It only came to me when I was in the middle of something big, like a big life lesson, you know, maybe two or three times a year that that I was in the middle of something and it would say, yes, you're right on track, you know, kind of mirror that, yes, I was in the middle of something, but blue heron in my animal card book is all about self-reflection, going deep into the waters of your emotions and your feelings and looking at yourself. And interestingly enough, the other day I, I was walking in the park and I saw my blue heron and all of a sudden I had this feeling in my heart and he told me, he's like, my time with you is almost done. And this is 13 years later. And I was like, you're right. Your time with me is almost done. And I was kind of like, hallelujah. And (laughs) like, I'm really going to miss you. (laughs) But so my point being is you can sit in quiet and ask who's with me and notice the information that comes, either a feeling, a picture, words, other images, or like drawing a card and seeing if one comes up repeatedly or going into an intuitive and asking them who's around me and then seeing if you connect to what they're saying. Don't just believe them because they say it. See if that makes sense to you. I, for the longest time, didn't feel comfortable with having human spirit guides because humans had done the most harm. So I really liked having animals. But what about you? How have your spirit guides come to you? So I feel that, first off, I I want to say a little bit about the blue heron letting you know that you know, your time with it is almost up. I think that's an important point and distinction to make, especially if, if your mind can be pretty like linear and tunnel vision. I, I, I tend to fall into the space. I think there's a, there's a belief of permanency, right? Like if you have mm-hmm. a spirit guide that it's going to be with, you know, forever, or at least forever in this lifetime. And I like that you made that distinction because mm-hmm. that's not always the case. Um, and I think it's an important distinction to make because in our human mind, we can tend to, well, I either have a spirit guide or I don't, or they're with me forever or they're not. And if they're not with me, if I don't feel them anymore, and what does that mean? It's it's a bad thing. Or I really love that you shared that because our spirit guides are with us 
for particular phases, particular, you know, transitions and points of our lives. Mm -hmm. And that is important to recognize. And again, the, the way that we recognize it is through practice, through intention, through, mm-hmm. through moments of quiet, through moments of stillness, or at the very least moments of being with ourselves. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, I love that. For me, my spirit guides have come in a few ways. So here's, here's another way that, that's pretty mundane. So when I, again, was still just working the regular, my regular old job, and I was really considering quitting. I remember that I was on my lunch break and I was taking a walk around the city and I had my headphones on and I would just go and walk around the city pretty much for an hour just to move my body and kind of decompress. And I remember that I was thinking about, is this a good idea? Am I going to be able to afford to live? Like all of the things that I was worried and afraid of. And then I remember that my that my signal dropped. So the app that I was using to listen to music, like I, I didn't have service. So I, I wasn't listening to anything. Right. I, but I just kept my headphones on and I kept quiet and I kept walking. I mean, and then I remember having like this moment of just pure fear, just sheer fear, just fearful of thoughts running through my mind all of the worst possible case scenarios of why I shouldn't, you know, leave a job that I was miserable at. And then I remember like going up some stairs. And when I got to the top of the stairs, I remember thinking like, oh my God, that's, that's so much fear and it's exhausting. And then immediately after I said that, my music came back on and the song that came on was Bob Marley's Three Little Birds. Don't worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. Wow. And in that moment, I'm just standing there in the middle of the city. And I'm just like, this is real. This is like happening right now. Here I went for probably almost an entire hour, just these fearful thoughts rushing through my mind. And then when I finally snapped myself out of it and said, wait a minute, I cannot function from this. I like, that's a lot of fear. That song immediately came on. So songs are throughout my life. I mean, and I can remember since I was a little girl, when certain songs come on at a particular time, and I'm just like, wow. And and honestly, I will never forget that moment. And from that moment on, I was able to kind of anchor in that moment when I was falling into places of fear at that time mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. interesting. I love that. Songs. I, ha- I haven't, I've had a little bit of that, but not so much. Yeah. No, it is interesting how they come to us. I realized in one of the classes, I think you were in this class, but we were talking about spirit guides that have walked with us. And when I was a little girl, I used to have nightmares about spiders and I was so scared of spiders. And I ended up realizing later on that the spider represented my mother, that she had become the spider. And often in in spider symbolism can be a mother energy. But one of the things I realized in the class when we were exploring spirit guides is that they were the first spirit guide to come to me that it wasn't just the spider was representing that they were trying to tell me something and they were trying to tell me that I was in danger, but in a way that my little girl self could know, but only she could know that way, which was really fascinating because I thought of them as my enemy for the longest time. And then I realized these were the first guides to come and warn me that something was wrong. And then now I feel really grateful. And when I see them, I feel like they're 
come here for creative energy and other things like that and just to support me. But that was kind of mind-blowing to make that connection. Mm-hmm. The One of the things that I found as far as what you said about walking with us and their journey, you know, I think we have spirit guides we've walked with in different lives. We have spirit guides that we've never walked with before but have come in this life to be of service to us. They can be energies. They can be human Um, They're not angels. I don't think of spirit guides as angels. That feels very separate to me or animal spirit guides. Mm -hmm. But I've been doing this trance channeling class, which you've started, and um, we've been going deeper into our connection to spirit. And what's been fascinating that I've had a couple of them come to me. I had two water spirits come to me and their energy was the energy of breath. I almost died when I was born because my mother's umbilical cord was wrapped around my neck and I was suffocating, but they told me they were breathing with me, that they were with me the whole time and they were breathing with me and they were going to make sure that I, they wanted me to know I wasn't alone in that moment and they were helping me through. And it was such an emotional moment because that's not something my mind could have ever imagined. It was all from that intuitive space into my heart. And another one came through, it's a Pegasus that came through to talk to me about my work with horses that I've been doing. So the deeper you go into silence and you open your connection to spirit or open up to your heart to love, the more you can receive them. Yeah. You know, I I love that because I I think there's so much talk, right? There's so much information about, you know, connecting with guides, connecting with, you know, the other side or you know, meditating, all of that, all of the things that my suggestion is just keep it simple. Keep it simple. Get comfortable with the discomfort of just being in stillness and quiet. And in that space, Mm -hmm. believe me, just over time, you're going to understand the messages that are meant to come to you. You're going to learn the rhythm of your dance and flow with, you know, with the universe and, and your, with the soul and the ego. And, and it can come in so many different ways. I say that because the way that you're explaining it is, you know, through animals and just through dreams. To me, it reminds me of having awful, awful dreams, really scary dreams since I was a little girl. And I think through most of my 20s of snakes underwater. It was, it got to the point when I was a little girl that I would have dreams of snakes so much that I was afraid of sleeping because I was afraid that I was going to dream of snakes. So interestingly enough, it wasn't until I started studying astrology that I understood similar to what you understood, you know, in dreaming of spiders is that they were warning me about something. And then I understood the significance and the power that the, the serpent you know, represents the the symbolism behind it. So my point with all of this is to, it very much takes intention to just understand the language of your soul. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a study. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a study. The language of your soul is unique. And so what can tend to happen with a lot of the, the guidelines, right? And, and I'm saying this because, because of the type of episode that we're recording right now, is that we're showing you different ways that they show up for us, but because we've sat to understand the language of our soul for years, mm-hmm. <laughs> for many, for many years. And, and I think that when you do that, and over time, 
you'll begin to notice how empowering that really feels. Well, and there's so much literature out there about this process and about intuition and connecting to the other side and spirit guides. And the thing I've learned is a lot of that is great because you can read about other people's experiences and how they do it, but it's such a felt experience. And there's so much I don't know or understand after all the time I've been doing this and I'll never know it all. And I'll, I'll never be right necessarily because I think what I experience and you experience is completely different. Like you said, we all have a different language to our soul. And the most important part is building that connection, but also it's how much of that are you ready to receive? How much of the silence are you willing to sit in? How much of the love are you willing to be in? How much are you willing to surrender your ego's want for something? You know, when you receive a spirit guide, I can't put their message. I can't make that happen. And I can't, I don't want to muck their message up and make it something that it's not. I want it. And I know it's true because I feel in my heart, I'll often start crying. It's a very emotional experience. It's a very loving experience, but there's no right way to do this. Everyone will have their own way. And so the most important thing, and I can imagine some people are like, uh, time practice because <laughs> it's no, but this is really fun <laughs> practice. I think it's one of my most favorite things I do is being <laughs> in the space of love. Who couldn't use to do that? And then silence. So really like finding your way and remembering there's no right way. And what we're talking about, your spirit guides may come to you in so many other ways. I mean, we've seen all kinds of things in our classes together and heard different things. And, you know, I've had, uh, I had one time I needed to go to sleep. I was really struggling to go to sleep. And I just said, can I have a spirit guide, please come and present themselves to me and help me sleep. And all of a sudden this hot pink energy came, wrapped itself around me. And I started to relax and I just said, what is your name? And I heard Nidra. I think that's right. Yeah. Nidra. And then I, Mm -hmm. the next day I was like, oh my gosh, yoga Nidra, which I don't even know what it means, but then I looked it up and it's called psychic sleep. And I thought my mind could not have come up with that. So it's (laughs) like calling out and allowing it to come to you and seeing what you feel and what you, yeah. Seeing what you feel and what images and sensations come up. That's so cool. And, you know, and in that moment, or even afterwards, it's very easy to say a lot of rational shit, right? Like, oh, that's, you know, I've heard that, or I've read that, or no, that's not it. Like, I think that, I don't know if this, this happens to you, I think it happens to me less and less. Because again, through practice, I've learned to trust what my body feels when these, you know, when I have these experiences, and it's more often now. And I'm like, oh, now I can say to my mind, oh, there you go again. You know, just doubting. It's okay. We can receive yeah. this, you know, and, and you get to speak to your ego in that way. And the ego obliges, mm-hmm. <laughs> our, you know, our, our egos can be conditioned. I mean, our ego is conditioned, right? Mm-hmm. So we can welcome our ego into the space. Just make sure that you let the ego come in at its own pace. Mm -hmm. Because I think that there's also this tendency for us to want to get from one way of being to another. And Mm -hmm. that's not, that's not, I don't know. I don't think that that's conducive to to anything productive or or to moving forward in our connection to spirit. I think it needs to take time. So I want to touch on that. Currently I have a spirit guide and her name is Rose. And so I came across Rose two, no, about three years ago. 
three years ago, I was meditating and I started noticing that every morning when I meditated, I got a tickle in my right elbow. <laughs> and I would, you know, I would like shake it off. Like I didn't know I would shake it off. And then I started realizing I'm like, my elbow never tickles like ever. No other time in my day, in my life, does my right elbow tickle. And so again, this took me months to realize what Rose was doing, right? And so I'm like, oh, one day it clicked. One day after practice of stillness and stillness and stillness, something clicked. Mm -hmm. And my elbow was tickling. And I thought, is that someone? Like, you know, in my mind, trying to figure out what this was, and in the same way that you asked, like, what is your name? I also asked, what is your name? And what I heard was Rose. So now Rose is with me a lot. Interestingly enough, when I acknowledged Rose, I felt not, not less, just I think that spirit wasn't, that, that guide wasn't trying to get my attention as much. I think that the guide was just wanted me to acknowledge you're not alone because it was a point in my life where I felt very, very alone. So Rose is there and Rose tickles my elbow every once in a while still. And it's Rose, as I mentioned um, in our first episode of the second season, was pretty much coaching me, for instance, through my psilocybin journey. Right. So Rose is very much there. And interestingly enough, during that journey is when I have really felt the presence of Rose, almost like in a human way, if that makes sense. Oh, that's so beautiful. So she walks very closely with you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she does. I, I mm -hmm. definitely feel her. And <laughs> it's, a, it's hitting me right now. It's occurring to me that you and I are talking about these things and we're giving names to these things, right? There is no, I don't know that there are many other people other than my partner and, you know, some of our mutual friends that we practice with that I can really have a conversation like this <laughs> with your spirit guide. Oh, what's your spirit guide's name? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I remember when my somebody, I don't know if it was Lair, somebody was asking me about it. And I was like, you know what, if it's all bullshit, I don't want to know because I'm having a lot of fun. <laughs> Yeah. Life is so much more magical, but I don't think it's bullshit at all. I mean, it's just too powerful to be bullshit. And I think that's such a black or white way of thinking. There's so much more happening than we can even imagine. You know, another one that came through that just kind of blew my mind recently again in that class was, you know, there's different levels of consciousness, of beings of consciousness. There's some that have never been human. There's angels, but I think there's others and this one came through and held my face and was just the most loving hands. And it told me to never bow my gaze. I could feel that it was a higher level of consciousness. It said, do not turn your eyes down. Do not cast your eyes down. You look at me because I am you. It makes me want to cry. And it said, wow. I am the love that you are shying away from because you don't feel worthy. It was like, look me in the face. Don't ever cast your eyes away again because you are love. I am a reflection of you. And man, you just can't like, you can't make that shit up. No. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's life changing. Those are, mm -hmm. those are significant, like life changing moments. Yeah. With, with the astrology that we've been experiencing, one of the things that has come up for me it, in terms of how I'm interpreting this energy is that we're building our lives from the inside out, not from the outside in. Oh, I love and that. And so 
it's something that came to me. It's something that I keep repeating and that keeps making more sense as this eclipse season keeps advancing. What you just shared right now is such an inward experience. It's such an inner experience, right? This is an experience unique to you, to your soul, to your to your ego, to your being. That's what I mean by this is a life-changing experience. And this is what it means to make space to create a life from the inside out. Mm-hmm. It is those moments where you connect with something greater, where you are open to something of, of a higher level of consciousness to receive that kind of message. And something like that can change everything. It can change the trajectory of your life, of your human life. And all yeah. of a sudden you're building this human life from the, from the inside out and not from the outside in, meaning that I have to follow all of these steps for being human in order to have supposedly a life that I'm going to love. No, no you're right. Inside out. Yeah. That's such a, that's such a big thing. And I think that, and I'm, Breaking it down this way, because again, our our podcast is really about making all of these topics, right? All of these conversations that Ashley and I can just sit forever and talk about, like the same way that other people just sit and talk about whatever, right? Sports, politics, money. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And this is just, if not more real than those things, because this is the ability for us, this is our ability to cultivate a connection to that higher consciousness, which I feel is ultimately that and being of service to one another, I feel are ultimately the bigger, the main purposes of, of being human. Mm-hmm. And I think we, we come across that with all of our experiences. Yeah. I don't have much to add to what you just said, because it was so beautiful. I was going to just share quickly, because I think since it's called the Blue Butterfly Effect podcast, and I know some people have heard a little bit about how the Blue Butterfly came, but I didn't make this connection. I think I sent you a picture of it. When I moved into this house, I've been in this house I'm in, and we rent this house, I think maybe three years. One of my favorite things, they left all these old planters, and I have this really cool planter of a blue butterfly. Never seen a blue butterfly before, never consciously, and it sits out in my garden And then when I started doing mediumship, I asked for a sign. I asked for a blue butterfly if I was supposed to be doing this. And one flew up into my window right before a session. And I was like, okay, amazing. And then I think, and I'm trying to remember, but it came to me in other ways. Like it just kind of sat with me, that blue butterfly. It's in my animal card deck. And then you had a dream, right? About blue butterflies. And then that I feel like was not only coming to you for your own purposes, but that was a message to me that there was something important about this relationship or this connection. Absolutely. I mean, when I had the dream of a blue butterfly, you and I didn't know each other yet. Mm, And so, so yeah, yeah, we didn't know each other yet. And so what was interesting is that I remember having a dream about a blue butterfly and it had such an impact on me. I thought, whoa, like I've never had a dream about a blue butterfly. I I hadn't even really thought about blue butterflies ever. And so I thought that's, that means something. I don't know what yet. And I'll, you know, I'll let it come to me. About, I I don't want to put a time frame on it because I honestly don't remember. But sometime after that dream, my mom gifted me a coffee mug with blue butterflies on it. (gasps) Wow. And so (laughs) I thought, Oh shit. Okay. This is going somewhere. This means something. 
Shortly after that, I remember, you know, just asking spirit, I want to be a part of a group. I want to be like, I want to have a, a, like a teacher that I can speak of these things with. And, and at the time I was just getting in touch with my, well, I was acknowledging my, my intuition, like my intuitive nature, especially during readings. And I just remember asking spirit, bring me someone that can either teach me or help me validate this or something because there's something there. And then, you know, through the grapevine, through people we know, you came in, I, I booked a reading with you and then you invited me into your practice group. And then this is where this came to be. Hmm. And of course I wanted to rationalize the whole thing. And I thought, no, this, this is something, this is, no one else has mentioned a blue butterfly I had, mm -mm. and mind you, this was months. This was almost probably a year after. And I thought, this is something. This is this is something. This is a relationship. And then after that, I got the intuitive hit, asked Ashley to do a podcast. And I thought, we have to name it Blue Butterfly Effect yeah. Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's been such a, and I, I used to think of it as a sign from spirit, but I think of it as a spirit guide now, because I think that energy of the butterfly guided us together. It means something to both of us and continues to show up. Now it's fun, like, People send them to me and you all the time. <laughs> but yeah. the, you know, the reason I share that is because if you pay attention to things that you see and things that you see again and things that you see again that make you feel good, that make you feel a certain way, if you follow their trail, they're probably going to lead you towards something, you know, yes. like that. You know, if some people like owls, owls are meaningful to them. Some people have other things. Mm -hmm. So just follow the trail and pay attention to your life. But going back to what Millie said, I think you know, really going back to stillness, getting to know your intuitive language, getting to know what silence feels like, your version of silence, whether it's sitting or walking or swimming or driving with the radio on, but really focusing on your heart, whatever that is, you'll start to hear things. You'll start to mm -hmm. feel things. Mm -hmm. One last thing I'll say is, is be patient with these signs, right? Mm -hmm. I think that like I said, to me, the blue butterfly came in a dream at least a year before I actually met Ashley. And we even had a conversation about this, right? So mm -hmm. to our human minds, time is such a big thing. And I understand and it's linear and, you know, it feels like it takes a certain amount of time. But when you're functioning from the spirit world, when you're functioning from your soul, there is no time and space. So mm -hmm. Things might actually be happening extremely quickly for the evolution of your soul. My point is, is that it's all relative. Mm -hmm. <laughs> be what your human mind considers to be patient and allow these things to unfold. Don't put so many human rules on something that is so far beyond human, so much more beautiful, so much more creative and powerful than this 3D reality. That's such a great point. I've got nothing to add to that. That's a beautiful <laughs> point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we hope that this was helpful. You know, one of your questions on Instagram was what inspired this this episode. So send us DMs. We're going to be more active on Instagram. And we really appreciate all your feedback, the messages we received from you all. Thank you. And thank you, Ashley, again for another, another episode. Take care, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>